Blend magic. Blend magic. Blend magic. Get your light out of my eye. And and I am miss. That's misconception over there in the corner. Dumbass, you think he's going to spell you? For the boss, he is dispelling. Yeah, dispelling with me, Blind Magic. A show where we dispel misconceptions and myths. Welcome. Today, in our modern society, computer technology has become staple in carrying out our everyday activities and tasks. And because computer technology is visually oriented, many people think the blind are automatically counted out of this virtual experience. But this thinking, talking to the blind and visually impaired reveals is but a misconception. In this talk, blind and visually impaired professionals shed light on how they use computer technology and dispel the misconception. Reggie Pratt of TCS Access said computer technology plays a huge role in his daily life. He said he uses computer for diverse purposes, from emailing to surfing the internet to filling up applications online and so on. I use it every day, so um, I'm using it whether I'm checking emails, uh, surfing the web, applying for different applications on the line, uh, reviewing documents. Um, I'm either on my computer, my phone, maybe a tablet. I even have smart devices like a like a smart watch. So my smart watch works just like my Android phone. Um, so I'm able to do multiple things there where I can check my email, check my text messages. So technology plays a big role in my life. Um, I use it with pretty much everything, even when I'm watching television. Um, there's a smart wow. technology built into my television, TVs. So, um, it, it plays a big role, big role for me. Pratt is an assistive technologist at TCS Access in Maryland. He lost his vision seven years ago. He said he performs these tasks using a screen reader called JAWS, Job Access with Speech. Well, uh, me personally, I, I, I use JAWS or Job Access with Speech. Um, so that, that gains me access to uh, a screen reader. And then along with using um, that, uh, that software, I also use uh, Windows commands, which help the navigation process of moving around on my computer, whether I'm on my desktop or trying to find a particular application, or maybe I just want to read a line of characters. You know, I'm, I'm using the Windows commands blended with the JAWS commands to give me that feedback so I, I can hear and know what's there. Versus me, you know, a sighted person who's looking at the screen and they can see everything. And so um, using the screen reader give, give me the access to know what's there and know what's on the line. If I have to fill out an application, know where to go to do it. And also, you know, if I just want to explore, you know, um, back in the day before I lost my site, because I used to work on MCI World Time, Right around when the internet boom kind of just took off, 
you know, it used to be this big thing, hey, let's all go surf the web. And having jobs allows me to do that. It allows me to surf. And um, I know that term is kind of old, a little bit played out, but it, it's, it's a true thing because you get to really, truly go from place to place to place. You know, no matter where it is, no matter if you're looking up a sports score or you're trying to find um, the closest restaurant to you. Mm-hmm. Using this application, I mean, just give me that access so I can do that. Other blind individuals like Desmond Jackson of Blind Industry and Services of Maryland, BISM, use variety of screen readers, sometimes in tandem with other assistive technology like refreshable Braille. The way I use the computer, you know, both the PC and the Mac side, I use a screen reader. On the Mac, it's called VoiceOver. On Windows, I use a screen reader called NVDA, which stands for Non-Visual Desktop Access. I also use one called JAWS from time to time. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And on the uh, mobile platform, which is for me, that's usually an iPhone, um, there is also voiceover. So the great thing about Apple is they've implemented non-visual access to technology in all of their products. You know that being voiceover. Um, also, there's one called um, Zoom, not to be confused with the platform I'm using right now uh, for magnification. I also use That's a true. Braille display, a refreshable Braille display, um, a lot with the phone, uh, which is a a little device with. Uh, pins that pop up and down to represent the Braille characters. And so that way you have access to um, the information in a Braille format. Um, you can also input from these devices usually. So that's mainly how I interact with my technology. An audio producer, Archie Weeks of Archie Weeks Production in New York, said he employs the use of different screen readers with regard to their effectiveness in performing desired tasks. Well, I I more believe in whatever is more effective for whoever is using it. And I believe in reaction time, you know. So it's like someone seeing. If you're looking out in front of you and you're like, okay, there's a door right there or there's a car coming up. But your eyes see the car 20 seconds after the car passes in front of you. Then you might get knocked down. So it's the same thing with a computer. If I'm trying to navigate through, I don't know, an application or I'm trying to navigate through a whole folder with all these different files, by the time you reach, scroll down, like, you know, you press arrow down, bam, 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 bam. You might think you stop at number five, but really you might be at number 10. You see what I'm saying? Did you click open the wrong thing or, you know? So that could be a lot of problems. So I believe in quick reaction. So if I press A on the keyboard, it speaks right then as I press it A, you know, B, C. If you press A and then you hear A after, yeah, that's a problem. So that's my problem with like narrator. It's not fast in the reaction time. There's a little delay. Now, JAWS is cool, you know, um, but there's certain things that I don't like JAWS for because what I use NVDA is for recording. 
you know, because I use Reaper, and it works perfect compared with Jaws. I was having a little problem. I tried to stay with Jaws, but certain things, Jaws wasn't reading out the um, the recording software correctly, like certain numbers. It was reading out as percentage instead of the number that was actually there, you know? And that was kind of, yeah, messing me up. So that's that's the most I could see. I mean, to each his own. I use, I use multiple screens. I still use narrator sometimes because... NVIDIA might shut down sometime, JAWS might shut down, then you got to open up Narrator, you know, just to get or to figure out where you are, you know, and then you close, then you turn it off. So, like I said, to each his own. You know, each have its strengths and each have its weakness. But for now, NVIDIA is the main one I use. While the blind employ the use of screen readers, the visually impaired, individuals with little vision make use of screen magnifier like Zoom Text. A software that I use is called Zoom Text, and Zoom Text is made by Freedom Scientific. It's software that's installed in, on the computer that allows me to magnify the screen that will trail alongside uh, with the movement of the mouse. And uh, I can magnify the screen as much or as little as I need to fit my visual limitations. That was Audrey Lester, a social worker of the Department on Disability Services in the District of Columbia. She's had low vision since childhood. Unlike Zoom text, screen readers, 37-year-old rehabilitation specialist at BISM in Baltimore, Desmond said our softwares that read computer screens based on keyboard commands a user issued to them. So D's screen reader is a program that follows, um, you know, the focus of your computer. You know, as you uh, typically people using these programs are uh, not using a mouse, but using um, a keyboard. And so these programs uh, follow uh, your interaction with the computer and they will speak everything uh, that you come across, whether that's a web page or uh, a Word document or a spreadsheet, you know, um, labeled icons, all those types of things, so that a blind person knows uh, what's on the screen. Um, this is also the program that outputs to um, that refreshable Braille display that I spoke of. Uh, but it just gives its output in Braille. You know, you have to learn, you know, some special keyboard commands to kind of get from the screen what you need. Lebra Robinson of DC Center for Independent Living and CEO of Insight and VIP Services further explained how these commands work. With the jaw shortcuts and just learning the commands, you can do the same thing as a sighted person using a mouse. For instance, if I want to select something, I just hit shift control, right arrow, and it selects whatever I want. If I want to select the whole um, bundle of text, I just um, shift control down arrow and select it all. And if I want to copy, control C, paste, control V. So once you learn the commands, you basically can be able to do the same thing as a sighted person with the mouse. Windows E, file explorer, items view, multi-select list box, frequent folders expanded, not selected covers, no one of, shift tab, three view, level zero, D, documents, three of six, enter. 
Tab items view multi select list box. Not selected dollar bleep dot tab twenty two of twenty two. A M E R. American Girl. American University Community of American Girl. Enter. American Girl dash word left parent product activation failed right pair. The selected. Blank the selected. The first time I saw Michelle Obama in the flesh, comma, I almost took her for white period. It was late July period. Pundits were taking whispered bets on the fate of Hillary Clinton's female supporters, period. In part the heel he intraparty rift, comma, and in part to raise some cash, comma, Obama was presiding over a Chicago luncheon for Democratic women, period. They were an opulent, comma, multiracial, comma, mostly middle-aged bunch, comma, in pantsuits and conservative dresses, period. Clinton dash term dash Obama staffer Patty Solis Doyle waved from the floor when she was introduced period one of clinton's longtime backers appealed for unity period only a few weeks earlier comma obama had appeared on the view in a striking black dash and dash white floral dress period now comma throughout the room comma some of the women were decked out in their best version of that number period obama flashed her trademark sense of humor comma her long arms cutting the air comma as she made her points selected Navigating the keyboard to issue these commands, Andrew Tompkins of Springfield, Virginia, however said, is made possible by the tactile markers on the F and J keys on the third row of the keyboard, which serve as a landmark. Regardless of the keyboard you're working with, the F key and the J keys have raised bumps on them. They're literally built into the keyboard. Some may be more distinguishable than others, depending on the computer and make, but um, there's some sort of dot on those two keys. And just knowing that will allow me to orient myself to what's, the, what's on the left and the right of those keys. So as long as I'm in the proper home row position, I know that, okay, D is to the left of F. S is to the left of D and A to the left of that. It's all in a row there. And uh, likewise, on the right side, you've got to the right of the J, then the K, then the L, and the semicolon. The tricky part for me that took longer to learn was um, what the keys above and below were. And of course, that did take a few months. Um, but other than that, once I learned it, it was pretty second nature. I was able to um, get into the home row position and know, oh, okay, the C is below F. Got that. The C, the X is next to C. You know, so so on and so forth. The relationships. I was able to create a nice kind of mental image, um, and each keyboard. Again, while they may be different as far as size, the keys themselves would never change. And so that's what's nice, that you can be working on a mainstream computer keyboard. And once you find those F and J bumps, I was able to figure out the rest. Tompkins is a pianist and an instructor at the Center for Accessibility of the D.C. Public Library. Knowing the keyboard layout well for some blind individuals requires taking a face-to-face -face class in typing. When I first started a computer class, and at first I would say, 
I didn't even realize a blind person could use a computer until I started my first keyboarding class. Um, and my my instructor, he uh, would make sure that my fingers were always on the home row key. He said, that is the key to making sure that you know what all other keys are. And he taught me how to use the keyboard the same way as a sighted person would use it. So now I can go to your keyboard and use it. I can go to anyone's keyboard and use the keyboard as long as the JAWS software is on it. So I make sure that my fingers, the first thing I do are on the home row, which starts with the F and J. And then after that, I know where everything is on the keyboard. Other blind individuals like Pratt and I learned through a typing software such as Talking Typer. So I remember going out to Baltimore again. And this time I was taking this two-week program. And a part of the program is that you ha had to be able to type at least 25 words per minute and these have a 95% accuracy of knowing the full keyboard. And I remember I was set with a guy and but my typing speed was like maybe six, seven words per minute. And my accuracy was like 76% or something. It was really, really bad. It was horrible. And so the guy told me, he said, man, I can't put you in the class, you know, because you don't know how to type. And he said, it usually takes people about three weeks to learn how to type. At least to get 25%. And I told him, I was like, man, look, tell me what I need to do over the weekend and i guarantee when i come back i'll i'll be ready and he says it's gonna take a miracle he said but i doubt you'll be ready and that's what he told me then and so that was on a friday they told me this so i went home that friday all day friday all day saturday all day sunday he gave me a software called talking typing tutor and they installed it on my computer. And I literally stayed up. Like, it was like a job for me. So I got up in the morning, four hours I typed, took a break. Another four hours I typed, took another break. Two hours I typed before I went to bed. Got up, did the same process again on Sunday. By the time I got done with going back to the place, I was at at least 27 words a minute at a 95% accuracy. Wow. So I like really pushed myself to learn what I needed to learn. Some other, like Weeks, taught themselves the keyboard layout. Everything is self-taught. Self-taught, self-taught, self-taught. No other way than that. Just self-taught everything for myself, man, because at the end of the day, there's no other way to get things done, you know? See, again, it all has to do with your, in, your individual mind frame and how you think. And I believe I wasn't getting enough correct directions, you know, by some of the teachers. It's like he was missing some information, and you know, it's like he wasn't fulfilling. So I just had to learn on my own, you know. So basically, what I got from um, someone that helped me at Kingsborough College when I just learned JAWS, they gave me the, the they call it the cheat codes, you know, all the shortcut keys. And I just learned some of the shortcut keys, and that's how I started using it. Just like with NVDA and every, you know, learn your shortcut keys. If you know how to read, I mean, you just read the instruction and follow the instructions. You know, it shouldn't be that complicated. Unless the person that write the instruction don't know what they're writing, then, yeah, it gets complicated. But beyond that, that's how I do it, man. Learn for yourself. 
I mean, it's good to take instruction, but if you think to what the person telling you is like you're way advanced than that and they're just BSing you around, you got to go along on your own, man. That's the only way you will move forward fast in life. When it comes to virtual experience on the go, the blind and visually impaired are not shut out either. They are getting in on smartphones alongside everyone else and their grandfathers. Well, I have found that technology has made it completely possible for me to advance my level of independence. So for example, on my full-time job, I am responsible for doing visits with the people on my caseload. And what I will often do is I'm navigating the city using buses and trains to go from the office to the client's houses or their jobs or what we call their day programs, just being the activities that they do during the day. And so I'm able to use the Metro app that is compatible with voiceover on the iPhone that will tell me how many minutes until the next bus so that I make sure that I have enough time to make it to a bus stop or it'll tell me how many minutes until the next train, um, you know, which helps to, to guide, you know, how much time I have in between like walking from where I am to where I'm trying to go. And then I also really love Google Maps because Google Maps will give you walking directions and it's also compatible with voiceover. So if I'm going to a new address, uh, like just last week, I got a new case on my caseload. So I don't know, you know anything about this client. The address doesn't look familiar to me. So when I go to the person's house, the first few times I probably will use Google Maps that will give me walking directions, literally telling me, you know, to turn left or turn right when I get to an intersection and it'll walk me to the front door of the address that I put in. So those are just some ways that like I find technology really useful on my job. Enjoying this on-the-go experience for the blind and visually impaired, Miss Robinson said, takes three essential keys. Most, the majority of phones come with the talkback feature or voiceover, all Android phones, as well as, of course, you know, your Apple phones. So you can turn that feature on and your phone will speak to you and let you know where you are on your phone. You just have to learn the maneuvers in order for it to be productive. For instance, if you wanted to go from icon to icon, you would just use one finger, swipe to the left or to the right. And once the phone has told you, you know, uh, landed on what you're looking for, say if it's um, Gmail, you just tap twice and it opens. And then so a sighted person would start to read. But of course, we cannot see that as a blind or visually impaired person. So you just use one finger to swipe to the left, to the right to go down the phone, you know, to read downward. And then you would swipe to the left to go back up. And if there are any links or buttons, anything like that that you want to open, you just simply tap the phone twice. And um, you can do the same thing as anybody else. The only thing that I find that is not um, accessible um, on uh, the smartphone for persons that use the voiceover are the games. But my three key things is swipe, listen, and tap. It takes a lot of um, concentration 
you have to listen because you remind you this is a computer basically talking to you so you have to really take time to listen and it gets your ears very keen you have to listen on what you tap on because you just don't want to tap it and open up anything so once you swipe you listen for what you're looking for and then once you find it then you tap the screen twice and the key is really listening before you tap on anything In the light of this talk, I imagine you released your grip and let go of the misconception you had of the blind and computer technology. So let's go on basking in this understanding until we meet again on this dispelling tip. I'll remain your blind magic. Your contact information or on motivational minute link image text field done 